Hello, Woodlane community. This is Pastor Brian, and you are listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast, episode 044. If you are listening to this, you are an honorary member of our community where we seek to bring the presence of Christ to those around us. On this week's episode, C.S. Lewis said, God whispers in our pleasures, but shouts in our pain. Sometimes God will use an outside voice to lead us, usually in those times when life throws a difficult situation in our path. Can God still lead us when life seems so dark? Let's find out. Martin was a healthy young boy until he got to about the age of 12, when all of a sudden, without real explanation, he went into a coma. Went into a coma for three years. And when he came out, he couldn't move, he couldn't speak. He had what is called locked in syndrome. Fully 100% capable mind, stuck locked in a completely useless shell of a body. All that he had available to him was moving his eyes up and down. And for well over a decade, something like 13 years, people all around him thought he was a human vegetable. Again, even though his mind inside that shell of a body was fully functioning. And so he would be dropped off at a medical center day in, day out, Month in, month out, year in, year out. When he was fed scalding hot food, he couldn't scream. When he needed something, he could not cry like a baby. And because the medical staff, not knowing the condition that he had, thought he had the mental capacity of a child, of a toddler even, he lived his life for over a decade in front of Teletubbies and Barney. Imagine the torture of that. How can somebody survive an existence like that? How can somebody survive unspeakable pain, suffering, diagnoses, loss? Is there a way to come out from something like that on the other side even better than you went in? To the point where you may say, you know what? Something about me says, I wish that didn't happen. But for some reason... I wouldn't change it. That's the deep end of the pool that we're going to dive into today. Let's hang on tight and let's pray together. God, work through your word and with your spirit in a way that's beyond what we can understand. To transform us. To help us know how you can grow us in those times of life that we would just rather bury. Amen. C.S. Lewis says in his pivotal work on this whole idea, the problem of pain, he says that God whispers to us in our pleasures, but shouts in our pain. And these shouts are the finale voice that we're going to go over in this whisper series. We've been talking about how God can use different tools to lead us, to speak to us, to grow us. And this is probably the hardest one. For reasons that you may not think, I mean, obviously talking about pain and suffering is never a comfortable thing. But it's a place, it's a, a voice where the head kind of isn't a part of the picture. That intellectual, rational part of our humanity doesn't really matter. Because we can, we can feel safe about some of the other things we've talked about. We can feel 
safe talking, because we can keep it at arm's distance and talk totally rationally, intellectually about the Bible, about God using other people, about God using promptings even, even to go to the, to the, to the edge of what we haven't talked about in God using dreams and stuff like that to lead us. We, we can keep that at arm's distance, and so we can be safe from that. And we can be safe because if we ever got to the point where we wanted to, we could just shut those off like a switch, not pay attention. When it comes to our pain, not so much. There's a reason that this quote continues to say that pain can be God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world because we cannot not pay attention when it comes to our pain. And the guy who wrote today's passage, Paul, the good thing is he has some street credit when it comes to pain. He knows a little bit about it. And as he's going through it from a distance, this is what he says to the church at Corinth. He opens up his second letter to the Corinthians. This is verses one, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 8 of 2 Corinthians. In giving thanks, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all consolation, who counsels us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to counsel, counsel those who are in any affliction with consolation which we ourselves are counseled by God. For just as the sufferings of Christ are abundant for us, so also our consolation is abundant through Christ. If we are being afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. If we are being counseled, it is for your consolation, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we also are suffering. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, so you also share in our consolation. We do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly, unbearably crushed that we despaired of life itself. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. As I said, without even diving into Paul's history, he knows a little bit of something about pain, about persecution, about suffering. And so, as we dive into this, I want to dispel a couple of ideas that maybe we have learned, maybe we have developed, maybe we have just picked up from somewhere. That will kind of ease us into this topic a little bit. The first one... uh, is the idea that somehow denying pain, that there's some kind of nobility to it, that there's some kind of worth to saying, I'm not hurting right now. Let's just, call, let's just be honest. Denying pain is lying. That's about what it is. There are some situations in life that, to put it very, very mildly, just stink. I mean, just even speaking physically, if I cut my hand off at the wrist, I am not going to say, oh, this doesn't hurt at all. I'm fine. Let's go chop down another tree. I'm allowed to be in pain if I chop my wrist off. If you are facing a medical diagnosis that would scare the heck out of somebody who's honest, you're allowed to be scared. If you go through losing a loved one, you're allowed to be hurt. 
There isn't some nobility. There isn't something to gain from saying, this doesn't hurt, I'm fine, you know, from putting up the walls. It, that doesn't end up going anywhere good. But at the same time, sometimes we live under this mantra or philosophy. Maybe you know this one from 1980s workout videos or something like that. See if, you, see if somebody can finish this. No pain. What kind of masochists are you guys? <laughs> no pain, no pain. I mean, let's, if we can avoid it, let's... Yes, I set you guys up for that. I, I, I didn't even write that into my notes. I'm going to hand you a microphone, and you're just going to do this. I mean, go forth to love and serve the Lord. No. <laughs> the truth is, you're right. Not all pain is bad. Leprosy was a disease that ran rampant in biblical times. It was a, I mean, horrible skin condition. Not to mention the idea of being an outcast from all of society. But one of the things that was so dangerous about leprosy, like Larry had said, was lepers cannot feel pain. Now you may think, okay, that's great. You know, I'd love to not ever be able to feel pain, but... When you touch a hot stove, what is it that keeps you from getting burned? The pain that jerks your hand back. Before your mind can even think, wow, this hurts. I should probably consider taking my hand away. People who don't feel pain, and there are people outside of leprosy, I don't know what the condition is called, but their nerve receptors don't work, and this is just speaking physically, but their hand, that they would, could put their hand on a hot stove not realize it's hot, not realize they're doing it, and all of a sudden they've got a third-degree burn on their hand or somewhere else. Sometimes we, we live with that idea, avoid all pain, but don't be so, my point is, don't be so quick to run away from the source of the pain that we can't get something out of it. Don't be afraid, to, don't be so quick to run out of the pain that we don't get something out of it. Because as I said, as C.S. Lewis said, I'll blame him for this whole message. God can speak. God can shout into our pain. And so what are some of the things God can shout? That's how we're going to break the rest of this message down. The first one that we'll hit. That God shouts, I'm at work. God could very well be doing something in your life in a moment that feels painful. Right here and right now. And maybe, and the difficulty with it is, we don't often see how that all works until we see it in hindsight. Which usually doesn't help us when we're in the valley and we're surrounded by the mountains. That we don't think, oh wow, maybe this is going to you know, do some good for me ten years down the road. Jacob had to suffer incredible times of pain, of suffering, to learn how to have empathy probably helped turn him into a, a solid leader when he ended up becoming second in command in Egypt. Abraham had to suffer the torture of being told to sacrifice his son to get to the point where good news was he didn't end up having to go through with it, but to get to the point where he could receive the blessing of children as great as the stars in the sky, the sands on the beach. One of the the ultimate examples of this, I was trying to come up with one of the line that Larry jinxed me saying my memory is going. <laughs> but 
One of the ultimate examples of this is Jesus during Holy Week. Now, I won't even try to describe the physical pain a person goes through in crucifixion. I won't even try to describe the spiritual pain that a person can experience being separated from a God who for for all their life, for all their existence, had been so closely intimate with. For good thing is I can't speak to it because I don't know it to the, to the degree that Jesus would. But he went through that because God was at work in him. Because there was a bigger purpose beyond it that would come out on the other side. You know, we could try to, to run away from pain, but again, we can get through anything if we realize that there's a light at the, at the other end of the tunnel. If there's something that's bigger on the other side. Just ask any marathon runner. I mean, we don't often put ourselves into pain. As much as I'm starting to wonder by the whole no pain, no gain thing that you all knew instantly. But training for something like a marathon, and this is just physical. A lot of pain involved. A lot of suffering involved. But the prize at the end is worth it. Same thing with what Jesus went through. As just an example. God can continue to speak. God can continue to shout. When he says, pay it forward. Pay it forward. I guess I should do that as a shout. This is really the point that I draw out of the passage that we use this morning. That we are, that we go through difficult times sometimes so that we can help somebody else out on the other side. As, as Paul says in verse 6, or the first half of it at least, says, if we are being afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation. If we are being counseled, It is for your consolation. See, God doesn't comfort us to make us comfortable. God comforts us in our pain, in our suffering, in our trials, so that we can be comforters, so that we can pay it forward to somebody else. Part of my story is that I, the thing that, amongst the many things that God used to get me into seminary, a lot of it was started out as a passion for youth ministry. You know, my, it took a while for me to grow into the idea of wanting to be able to do this, um, to be able to lead adults, to be capable of trying to lead adults. But for many years, as a child, when I was Andrew's age, maybe a little bit older, there was a lot of that kind of, God, what are you doing here? Why am I going through this kind of stuff? Why am I suffering in the ways that I am? But what it did, and the way God used it, was God used that to, to put something in me that said, I want to help somebody else never have to go through this again. If I'm going to suffer, and this, this is kind of my point, if you're going to suffer, don't let it go to waste. It was through those difficult times that I said, I, if I get the chance, I want to help somebody else be able to go through these, these tough times, these tough years of life, you know, what teenager ever skates through life without difficulty, trying to figure out how the, the world works? The teenage years weren't much easier for different reasons. But I started getting into youth ministry thinking, I want to be able to help make that pain that I suffered worth it. Teaching somebody else how to get through it, walking with somebody else through it. So that I could essentially pay it forward. So that I could, because that would give me to use urban speak, having been through that, gave me street credit to be able to speak into it. You know, I had said I can't speak to what 
Jesus went through spiritually, physically on the cross because I've never been through it. I don't have any street credit to that. Even what I do know is all mental and academic. You know, when Rachel and I had met, one of the, we had both suffered the same kind of loss before we had met, both through different circumstances and everything like that, had both lost our fathers. And one of the first real conversations we had, we broached into that subject. And she had so much streaker, even though she was younger than me at the time, and, well, I guess she still is. Because she had been through that, she had a world's worth of street credit to speak into my life. Much more than, than many other people had, who maybe hadn't gone through that experience. If we're going to go through it, and you know, pain and suffering and, and trials and even loss will find us, we don't, certainly don't have to go out seeking it. But don't let it go to waste. God can shout even more. Can shout, I'm here. Sometimes, as I said, we get so, we're buried down in the valley that we lose sight of what's all around us. We, we lose the forest for the trees. And sometimes God has to get us through that so that maybe we go through the valley so we can just appreciate what the mountaintop looks like. Just appreciate, you know, I'm sure when Martin's family saw him in a coma for three years, just to see him ultimately get maybe to a point where he's awake, even, even in the condition that he was, to be able to open his eyes, they could appreciate that, having been through that valley of he can't even do that. So sometimes, when we're in that valley, we, can, we feel like God has ditched us, and so we can end up ditching God. But here's the idea, here's the point. Don't lose the heart of God when we can't see the hand of God. Make sense? If we don't know what God is doing, we can still hang on to the fact, even if we can't hear it in our, in our ears, him saying throughout the word, throughout history, I am here. Even the superheroes of the Christian faith sometimes need to be reminded of this. This quote comes from one of them. You'll be probably surprised when you hear who it is. I'm told God lives in me, yet the reality of darkness and coldness and emptiness is so great, nothing touches my soul. You'd think this might be written by somebody living in the slums, somebody who just, life has thrown the worst possible hand at them. And such a person kind of chose to live that kind of life to help people who were forced into that kind of life. Mother Teresa said that in her memoir. And the offering song that I played by Casting Crowns, I'll pray, Praise You in the Storm, speaks so well to it, I'm just going to steal their lyrics because it says it better than I ever could. When it says, As the thunder rolls, I barely hear your whisper through the rain. I'm with you. And as your mercy falls, I raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. Here's the ultimate question. Can we praise through the pain? Can we praise even though maybe we can't see God's hand working? It lets us hear when we do that, when we even try to do it, it allows us to hear God's voice so much more. Because 
prevents us from going tone deaf to those whispers, those shouts. Probably the hardest thing we could possibly try to do. But the enemy would love to isolate us, to use pain to get us to wall ourselves in from people, from God. And the way to help prevent that from happening, hard as it is, and and it probably is going to sound trite because words just don't, there's never the right words in these kinds of situations. But it's to praise over it, praise through it. So how did it end up turning out for Martin? 13 years with locked-in syndrome, not being able to communicate, until there was a nurse who somehow, I don't remember if she had heard of something that, you know, when it came to alternative communication, had asked, hey, can you try this? And they looked at just how he could get his eyes to move. And started realizing, hey, there is still an intelligent being in this shell. And so they, I don't know all the medicalness, we'll call it a medical miracle. God has gifted doctors in ways that are far beyond my understanding. That they could get him to be able to communicate somehow with a joystick and infrared and being able to use his eye. To the point where he eventually got a job, went to college, got married, ran a business, wrote a book. I mean, that's a pretty good resume for somebody who's fully functional, let alone somebody who can only move their eyes in one direction. Probably would not have happened if he had not been willing to pay attention to those shouts that God was making into his pain. To experience and and interpret what he was going through as the joy that came from God's presence in in a way that was so real to him beyond anything he had experienced before. Here's the truth. that comes out out of that statement at least. You are God's joy. Is he yours? Thanks again for listening to the Woodlane Worship Podcast. I hope we've given you something to make you think. If you'd like some more information about our community, check us out at woodlanechurch.org or visit our Facebook page at Woodlane Newark. If you happen to be in the Finger Lakes area, come check us out live on a Sunday morning at 9.45 a.m. See you next week on the Woodlane Worship Podcast.